I can almost guarantee you that you are going to resonate and think, oh man, I absolutely do think that after hearing me go through these six myths that I see so many moms just like blatantly buying into. They don't even stop to think about it. They don't even know that they're buying into it. They just are going with what everybody else is going with. And it's not true. Like motherhood absolutely has truths outside of what we're all just blindly looking at every single day. Whatever it is about me and why ever it was that I was designed to be the way that I am, I am ridiculously analytical, like not critical, but analytical. I love to figure out the minutia, like way back in the very beginning of me introducing myself into the world of podcasting in the very first episode, I talked to you guys about how my brain is like, sees everything in the world, like a Tetris game. And I want to like analyze, okay, if you flip this thing this way and then that way, and then this one, this way, and that way, will they all fit together in the most effective and efficient way? And oddly enough, I'm terrible at Rubik's cubes, but I think that's like something totally different. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold myself to that one. But what I do know is that that analysis of things helps me to really sit back and look at, okay, there are all these moms that are super proud to be on the hot mess express. Like it's a mantra and they think it's cute and they wear shirts that say that they're sleep deprived and all they need is coffee and a messy bun, which I love those two things. So don't hate cause I don't, but the point is, is that there's absolutely zero zero proof anywhere that that is actually what motherhood is supposed to look like. And today in this podcast episode, I'm going to be taking you through the six myths every day, all day that women are buying into about motherhood. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me. And this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships, bang in organization and time management strategies, and a rock solid plan for our personal well-being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, if you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the hot mess express, then it's time to roll up your sleeves Dig in and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. I am going to just jump straight in to myth number one because sometimes I listen to podcasts and I am so excited to hear what they have to say that I want them to just say it. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm jumping in and I am telling you about the six myths. I actually started out with five and then after I got done writing my outline, I thought of this other one and I was like, oh, maybe I'll make it a bonus one. And there's actually like a little bit of comedy and humor behind it, 
But then when I actually started to like write it out, I was like, no, this is legit. Like this is serious. So then I changed it to the six myths, even though five just felt better. That number just felt better. I had to go with six because I couldn't figure out which one to get rid of. So myth number one, I know you believe this. Raise your hand if you believe this, that motherhood is supposed to be hard, right? Isn't that what everybody tells you? Well, it's supposed to be hard. Well, it's not supposed to be easy. You're raising kids. I can't tell you how many times I just have been like, yeah, well, this is what it's like raising kids. It's supposed to be like this. I'm supposed to be late everywhere I go and I'm supposed to want to lose my mind. And like, it's just supposed to be hard. I'm supposed to be exhausted all the time. And I, I just see a lot of people, I feel like use that as their scapegoat for actually kind of sitting down and digging in and doing some, some, some deep looking and some, and some work on what is actually going on because it really is just a lot easier to say, well, it's just supposed to be hard and chalk it up to that. Like, have you ever been in a position where you're trying to figure out how to serve your family like your extended family members. Like, um, for me, my dad just went into retirement and, um, he needs a lot of things. My parents aren't married anymore. And so he kind of falls to me and my brother too. Um, and we kind of like take turns with supporting him and it's just like very normal things, but since he doesn't have, he doesn't live with anybody, he calls his kids And so I have that and then I have my own family and I have their laundry and the toilets to clean and the dishes to do and a husband to hang out with and a husband to listen to and a husband to support. And then I have all my own emotions and it's like, uh, then, you know, something major comes up where all of a sudden we just, we have to fix this, this major thing in the backyard that's broken. It's like, oh my gosh, we... Like we got to do this thing (laughs) and it just comes up. And not long ago it was, oh my gosh, now all of a sudden, like we need a new car, right? Like it's so frustrating when these like big things come up and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have time for this. And then you come in and the kids are either screaming at each other or they're running around and half naked and there's food spilled somewhere, or you ask them to do something and they didn't do it. And all you want to (laughs) do is like, pretend that you have to go to the mailbox that is like on the other side of our mailbox is not close. So it's like, Oh, I gotta go check the mail. (laughs) Or you just try and find something to do because it's like, I can't, I can't do all the things anymore. I can't handle all the things like this is just hard. And instead of stopping and taking the time to just think at the end of the day, okay, what was hard about that? We just say, well, it's just supposed to be hard. And that's what it's like. And sometimes you try and talk to other people and maybe it be your best friend or older generations of women and you try and talk to them and they're like, oh yeah, that's what being a mom is like. It's like, no, it's absolutely not. It absolutely does not have to be that way. And even in my own situation, just in the past, like we recently got a new car and I went through that and during that whole situation, it it didn't have, it didn't have to be hard. And I chose for it not to be hard. I got babysitters. Blaine and I got babysitters for the kids so that we could go car shopping. 
And when we were there, <laughs> we saw other parents with their kids trying to car shop. And we just looked at each other and literally like gave each other a high five. And we're like, that was a really good call because sure. Can you take your kids everywhere and you can do it and it's supposed to be hard? Yeah, it is. But you know what? We can ask for help. We can ask for help when it's supposed to be hard. And we can also take other things off of our plate. When it gets to the point where Blaine sees me juggling all of these things because I am a one and a two, a one wing two on the Enneagram. So I want to do all the things and I want to do them to the best of my ability. And I also want to help everybody and I want to take care of everyone. And so he'll remind me, hey, Charles, like, what's the most important thing to you right now? Do you have to call your dad back this minute? Can you talk to him later? And it's those kinds of, it's those kinds of questions and reflections that help me to see, no, it doesn't have to be that hard. It absolutely doesn't. Who said the motherhood is supposed to be hard? The person that told you that you have to do all the things all the time and never ask for help? Well, maybe their motherhood was hard and they don't want it to be easy for you because they're envious. But the point is, is that motherhood does not have to be hard. Okay, myth number two. This is my favorite one, I think. I think they're all my favorite, but this one's pretty good. The other myth that... I see moms talking about all the time is that your house is supposed to be a mess. And if it's not, you're doing something wrong. You don't love your kids enough. You don't let your kids play. It's okay. It's okay that my house is a mess. I have kids. Really? (laughs) I, I might get some flack for this, but I'm just going to lay it all out there. Your house is not supposed to be a mess because you have kids. It's just not. Our kids, a lot, they are. Uh Uh-huh. And do I feel like I'm constantly picking up things? Yes. On the days whenever I haven't well-managed how we're flowing through the day and I let my kids just go and run amok through the house and I don't hold them accountable for putting back the environment to a state that is better than the way that they found it, yeah, then my house is an absolute mess. But that's on me. That's the way that I'm managing my home. That's the way I'm managing my kids. And if you want to say, oh yeah, I have a bunch of boys and that's why all my stuff is broken. Really? Boys are allowed to respect things. Boys don't have to break things. Oh yeah, my furniture is a mess because I have kids. Really? My kids don't make a mess of the couch. Are my kids perfect? No. Do I let my kids eat on the couch from time to time? Absolutely, I do. Do they spill? Yes, but I clean it up. They have to go get a rag. We talk about it. We clean it. And I hold them responsible for what they're doing in my house. Is my house always perfectly clean? No, it's not. But I don't make excuses for it. I do not make excuses for my dirty house. I know that if my house is dirty, that it's not because, oh, well, it's supposed to be that way and I'm okay with it because this is just a season. I'm busy making memories with my children and so excuse the mess. Okay, well, that might work whenever my friend comes over and just like drops in and we're in a random moment. But even then, I don't really like living in the mess. 
And I know for a fact that none of you do either, because one of the biggest questions or the most frequent question that I get asked is, what does your cleaning schedule look like? And when do you do your cleaning? And how do you clean? When do you have time to keep a tidy house? All of the moms that I've asked, that I've coached, have all asked me, when and how do you keep your house looking like it didn't have a bomb go off in it? In the first workshop that I ever hosted, I will never forget this mom saying, everybody went around. It was a really intimate gathering in like one of the most beautiful spaces. And I'll never forget her asking and and just saying that one of her frustrations is, you know, I see all these moms doing all all of these things and figuring out a time and a space to keep their house clean too. Like somehow that's possible. Yeah. It, it absolutely is possible. And there are moms out there that are doing it. Now, on any given day, you will come into my house and you will see things out of place. I have a really good friend that every time I go to her house, I swear to you, it looks like an Airbnb. And I am like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful. <laughs> it is like, and every time I leave her house, I want to come over and just like start throwing things away. And I am pretty minimal. But she's just like a prime example. Her kids are a little bit older. They're not, I mean, they're still in early grade school for sure. But it was like that even whenever they were little, even when they were little. And, you know, then I have friends on the other end of the spectrum that no matter when you go to their house, it's just like always a mess, always a mess. And I'm definitely somewhere in between. But the point of of this myth specifically is for you to know that there is time, there is space, and there are skills to be able to manage the mess that your children make. You shouldn't excuse them from the responsibility of being respectful humans in in, in the space where they live, right? I mean, that's how we guide them and teach them is by showing them that we pick up little by little by little by little all day long so that we're not overwhelmed with this huge, huge mess. I could go on and on and on about this one. This one is just like a big deal to me and how I make all this happen in my house. It's, it's important. It's really, really important, but we're going to save that for another podcast episode because that was myth number two. And this is myth number three. Okay, before I get you over to myth number three, I have got to know if you heard in the last podcast episode what I'm doing over here during my hunkered down quarantine days from the little chelseajoe.co corner in my bedroom. I'm creating a course, you guys. Everything that I've been pouring out into this podcast is going to be in one space. All you have to do is just go line by line by line by line to literally get every single system that I use, my ultimate framework from day to day, week by week, and how I manage my motherhood and my marriage and my home and make time and space for my business every single week. It is like blowing my mind how incredibly exciting it is that all of this is finally coming to fruition. I cannot even imagine 
going back and thinking about this idea that I had and I just knew, I just knew what it was going to be and it's finally here. If you listen to this podcast and you imagine what it would be like every single week to start Monday with complete clarity and hope and excitement, like even Jubilee for the time that you're going to spend with the kids every single day, that every single afternoon and evening, you look forward to going into dinner time. You look forward to the time and the space that you hold for your business. You're connected with your husband. You make eye contact with your kids. You're not frazzled. You go to bed at a good, decent hour every night. You wake up with a solid morning routine. You have peace and comfort. You just have clarity on the path that you're moving in. No more hot mess express. No more being exhausted. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited that it's coming to you. And if you are in a space where you want to know more, I have details for you. I would love to get them to you. All you have to do is shoot me a DM. You can go to the show notes in this podcast episode and you're going to see a link there to be able to contact me for more information about the upcoming course. So if you have any desire to get your motherhood in a space where it allows you to be able to be completely, completely intentional with the time that you spend with your kids and with the time that you spend with your business, then do not miss out on all the details that I'm going to be sending out. They're going to be coming soon. Very, very soon. Okay, now we can get you back to myth number three. Mm, This is a good one too, you guys. I bought into this for a really long time. Well, I shouldn't say that because we'll hear. The myth is that you have to be a mom and then you can have a career. Mm. I say I bought into that. I did. (laughs) But I started a business like when Frankie was a baby. She was not even one yet. I started a business anyway. And I had already had a career for like eight years. If I could do the math right. She's eight now. Yeah. Yeah, for like eight years. So there's just so many moms that they wait until their kids are grown before they decide to grow their passions and really pursue something because they know that it takes them either out of the home or away from being the only caretaker for their kids. Had a conversation with a mom once that ran a business and um, I'll never forget her telling me that it's just the mom's job, that no one can do it better than the mom and that there's just no way that her husband could do the same kind of work that she does with the kids. And she has to be the one to do everything with them. And, you know, I took that to heart and I always try and filter through other people's wisdom. And I always try and vet that through scripture and through prayer and all kinds of things. And before I started this podcast and this business, I went and I had a meeting with my pastor actually, because I was very, very serious about really making sure that I had my priorities lined up. And there's always been so much guilt and so much shame 
when it comes to really strong traditional Christian female roles and what that looks like for a woman to work in lieu of raising her children. And I just, I really needed to wrap my brain around it so that I knew that I was doing the right thing and I wanted different perspectives from other people. And inevitably it came down to what I really felt the call in my heart was for me. And I just can't tell you from my own, from my own space, how inaccurate I believe it is for women to think that they can't pursue their dreams until after they've raised their kids. I do believe that moms have an incredible, an incredible and profound responsibility as moms. And I take it very, very seriously. And any of you guys that have worked with me before or that are considering working with me, you know, or will come to know that my role as a wife and and then a mom are the two most serious things in my, in my life. And I make sure that everything that I teach and everything that I gift to the people that work with me and the people that learn from me, the people that are in my Facebook group, like anybody that is around me, that they know how you get to reach your dreams and how that supports being a mom and being a wife and not the other way around. We were sitting, I was sitting in church one time and the pastor was actually doing a sermon on this and they were just talking about, you know, how important it is that women know that they've been called to be wives and they've been called to be moms and they have gifts and they have talents that they can offer to the community and, and, and everywhere else and to their church and to all these kinds of places. And I remember this lady sitting just kind of in front of me and really shaking her head with doubt that women could really have the, the ability to do all of those things. And she, she clearly was signifying with her body language that it's not possible to give to your husband, your children, your church, your community, and work. And I thought, (laughs) well, I'm just going to prove that wrong. (laughs) I'm just going to do that. And I know for a fact that I am like the number one caretaker of my kids. My husband and I share that responsibility completely. But no one else is raising my children. My children are being raised in my home. Do they have other people that care for them on a regular basis? Absolutely, but they're not raising them. And I'm completely okay with that. I have like I have zero conflict about that. When my kids are home with me, I am extremely intentional. I know that I'm probably more intentional with my time and what I teach to my kids than a ton of other moms that aren't working from home and they're just home with their kids all day. So this whole notion that you can't have a career or a passion or a job and be a mom at the same time is ridiculous to me. Do you have to be intentional? Absolutely. Do you have to be 
very, very, very committed and strict with your priorities. Absolutely. I mean, that is what being intentional is, right? So wherever you're at in this journey, uh, up until this point with motherhood and working from home or even working outside the home, because I worked outside the home the first, you know, six years of, of my oldest daughter's life. Um, and I still do work outside of the house from time to time. And now I have my online business as well in this, in this podcast. So I get to make my own hours and I get to be more committed to my kids than being pulled outside of the house, which I love way more. Working from home is just amazing for that. And I think that that's why a lot of us moms want to work from home so we can make our own schedule. And so we can be with our kids. It just truly takes a skill set it takes learning how to be intentional with your time and be organized and really minimize the amount of distractions and get super focused on what your priorities are. So just know that if there are naysayers in your life, that I'm definitely in your corner for being able to work and be a mom at the same time. All right. So myth number four is that, oh man, this one's fun too. Is that self-care is selfish. Oh, self-care gets a bad rap guys. You guys know how I feel about self-care for sure. Um, you know, self-care is, I'm sure you guys have all completely felt like, well, I can't ask my husband to do dinner tonight so I can (laughs) go and hang out with my friends or, uh, I can't take time away from my house and cleaning to sit and read a book for 30 minutes or whatever your self-care looks like. It makes you feel guilty. And that is the lie behind what self-care really is, is you feel like when you step away from all of the things that you have to do, that you're wrong and that you're self-centered. And that you should be giving more and giving more and giving more. And there's never an opportunity for you to fill up your cup. I mean, there's no convincing me that you don't feel on a regular basis when you even just try and step away and lock yourself in the bathroom to take a bath that when you hear your kids and your husband having a hard time that you don't feel guilty. You absolutely are believing in this myth that you can't take time to take care of yourself that you have to be there to take care of everyone else because they struggle without you because they have a hard time without you because it's just easier when mom does it and my husband says that sometimes he came in the other night and I was working and he was having a hard time getting Bay to go to bed she's in this weird phase where if she naps then Obviously, she doesn't go to bed at nighttime. And so she's up in her bed and she asks for water. And then she says she has to go pee. And then she says she needs more books. And it's just like this whole like game and this rat race. Well, I've figured out, you know, this certain series of things that makes her feel good. And there are times whenever that doesn't work. And so I pick her up and we rock a little bit and I, and I pour into her, you know, and I put her down and it, and it works out well. Well, I 
had been giving and giving and giving and giving all day more than what I said I was going to do. And I didn't get the time that I had blocked off to work on my business. And so the exchange was, you'll put Bailey to bed by yourself and I'm going to get started on my work early tonight since I didn't get to do it during the day. Okay. Well, after a few tries, Blaine came in and said, can you go up there and help her because I'm losing my patience. And I had two choices. I either said yes. And, and I just gave some more, or I tried to help him feel more confident in going up there and doing it so that I could continue with the work that I needed to get done. And I had just been giving so much and I could feel myself starting to get anxious about the work that was just continually getting put off on my end. And I know I have deadlines. I, I have major deadlines coming up for work and I can't just keep putting it off. And I know that. And so that's when I just said, Hey, how come you're losing your patience? What's going on? You know, what's the matter? How can I help you? And he's like, well, you just, it's just so much easier for you to do it. I'm like, it is. I said, cause I practice it a lot. How about you go upstairs and you try practicing this one thing with her that really works well for me. And that was kind of frustrating for him. And it was hard for me to say that to him, but I needed to care for myself. One of my fundamental needs is I need a certain set amount of hours to work on my business throughout the week. And he gets time to do that on his. And whenever I sacrifice that during the day to make life easier for other people, I have to feel confident and not guilt trip myself for asking for that time and for having that boundary that says, no, we agreed to this and we prayed to this. And it's not just blame. Like it's, it's, it's anything and it's everything, right? These boundaries and knowing that it's okay, that whenever I start to feel that little bit of angst, okay, what is it that I'm not filling up inside of me? Because once I start to get that way, then I start taking it out on other people. I start losing my patience with my kids and I start losing my patience with Blaine or I stop cleaning my house or I stop doing the other things that are really, really, really important to me. And so I just knew like I need to say no and I know that he can do it and I need to support him in that. Well, he went upstairs and he didn't, he came down. She was fantastic. It went really, really well. So this whole self-care is selfish thing. You know, investing in your, in yourself is the best thing that you can do for your family. When I, when I realized like the first time I ever bought a course to teach me how to be a better mom in like one specific area, I'll never forget how much it changed my life. I bought one for self-feeding for Bailey, for, um, it's called feeding littles. I can't even think of it now for baby led weaning. And then I also got one for sleep training and that was like amazing. And I'll never forget what it felt like to ask Blaine, like, Hey, can I spend money on this course (laughs) to help me be a better mom? And just like telling him like, these are the things it's going to do for me. And I knew what it was going to do for me, but being able to articulate to him that that was something meaningful to ask for was really, really hard. And just, just know that you are, you're worth spending money and spending time and having boundaries. You are worth having all of that. And whenever you allow yourself to ask for those things and you have boundaries to make those things happen in your life, 
that's whenever you get to turn around and be so filled up that it's just overflowing into everyone else's lives. Instead of trying to serve everyone else from this really dark, guilty place all the time where your cup is empty and you have nothing to give them, you're now filling them up from this place of joy and light and you're just exuding good energy and joy and peace and happiness and love and nurturing. Just so many good things of abundance are coming out of you because you've taken the time to give to yourself. So stop believing in that myth because you are worth so much more. All right. Myth number five is you are only a good mom if, if what, if anything, really the point of this myth is to say that, that believing that other people's ideas about how a mom is supposed to be is better than your own ideas about what motherhood is supposed to look like. So you could insert anything in there. You're only a good mom. If you cloth diaper, you're only a good mom. If you breastfeed, you're only a good mom. If you co-sleep and the list goes literally on and on and on through every age and stage and phase of your child's life. If you let it. And I think it's really hard for those first time moms that have never really been down that road to know like, whatever, (laughs) it gets easier with your second one. You can say whatever much more, but with your first one, it's just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what, you don't know what to do. Right. But there are some people that hold on to this for, I, I let go of this like a long time ago. I was super crunchy, super crunchy. Like I did all of, I did all the things with both my kids, but you know, I wasn't surrounded by people that did that. And so they thought I was really weird. And I was just like, whatever, like I'm doing all these things. And, and I'm not doing certain things that you think I should do with my children. Right. And so there just came this time where it was like, I know I'm a good mom because these things were put on my hearts to do with my children. And if you ever get the feeling inside yourself that you're not a good mom, because you're not doing things that you want to do now, that's what you should listen to. You should not be listening to the people and to the ideas and to the Facebook posts that tell you that you're not a good mom if you're not doing X, Y, Z in comparison to what they do in their motherhood. Their kids were given to them for very specific reasons and your kids were given to you for very specific reasons. The most important thing that you can know about this myth that I really hope that you take the time to think about and, and stop yourself. If you start believing and you start having these, these self-talk thoughts about, or even just feeling like you're not a good mom is that you have the ability and you have all of the knowledge inside of you that you need to be a good mom. There's this channel of communication that's given to every mom and it's called intuition. If you are dedicated to reducing the amount of news and social media that you get into your life, this is going to be a lot easier. If you increase the amount of time that you're journaling, that you're reading, that you're being introspective and reflective, it's going to be much, much easier 
for you to have an extremely powerful intuition that guides you in the direction that your motherhood is supposed to be going in. So please take that one to heart. Okay, the last one that I told you was kind of funny, and it is kind of funny, but on a very serious note, myth number six that you are buying into is that in order to survive motherhood, you must drink coffee every day (laughs) and eat sugar and never work out and run yourself ragged and eat your kids goldfish crackers and in parentheses here just not be healthy right there's so many moms that are totally okay with having massive amounts of in air quotes baby weight left on them oh it's okay that i look like this and that i feel like this cuz that's just what being a mom is and it's fine that i am insanely over caffeinated Because, you know, I was up all night with my kids. Mm, It doesn't have to be that way. Let me tell you a little story about being exhausted in motherhood. I did the whole being exhausted and a mom zombie for the first year of life with my first one. I breastfed on demand with both of my kiddos. But my first one, I had no idea how to teach her how to sleep. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I nursed her to sleep multiple times a night for 13 months in a row. And she didn't sleep with me because we just couldn't. We tried because that was the crunchy right thing to do from all of the holy grail breastfeeding mothers that say, that's the only way you're going to have a good milk supply is if you, you know, co-sleep with your kids. Well, I had a great milk supply for a very long time and I didn't and I couldn't. I just, I couldn't, I could not co-sleep. I couldn't do it. I was afraid I was going to roll over on her and I was up all night long. Trust me, I tried. <laughs> it just didn't work out. And there were some other dynamics with, with what was going on in our living situation at the time that just didn't make that possible. And I was exhausted all the time. Like utterly exhausted all the time. I didn't sleep through the night for 13 months. It was rough. And when Bailey came along, I was like, and new. No, I'm not doing that again. I knew all along that other people were doing it differently, even whenever Frankie was a baby. And even when I was pregnant with Frankie, I knew that there were other people that had sleep trained their kids. But I was like, no, that is of the devil. That's terrible. You're not a good mom if you sleep train your kids. That's just horrible. Well, I didn't look into it. I just made assumptions and I didn't invest in it. And I just thought, because that's what everyone else was saying, that this is the way that motherhood's supposed to be. Yeah, your kids are up all night. That's what it's like, especially when you breastfeed. Yada, yada, yada. Well, Bailey came along and she was sleeping through the night at eight months. I mean, at, at two months, at eight weeks. Yeah. You know, like completely, I was getting six hours of sleep every single night consistently at eight weeks. She was born three weeks early. So she was even a little bit later than what the program we did said that is is possible for kids. But I was super happy with that six hours a night 
that was awesome. Some moms have even greater success than that. Granted, it depends on your kiddo and how they are, but because I took the time to invest in learning these skills from the day Bailey was born and I taught her techniques to be able to self-soothe, she had my support. I was there for her, but she didn't need me to nurse her to sleep because she had other forms of pacifying herself to sleep. She had me for milk, but she didn't have me for being pacified and put to sleep. And so I was capable of, of running my event styling business and floral design company with my mom. And I had two kids and I was newly married and I was interpreting outside of the house and I had never felt better. You know, I had energy to work out. I had energy to just do my day like always because I took the time to invest in myself. And I also took the time to to work out and to prepare healthy meals for myself. And I also made sure that one of the most important things that I did for me and for my family was to cut all of the nasty crap out of my diet. And it had been that way for me for years. But a lot of times moms say, oh, well, that's too much work. And because I have little kids, it's just not possible. It's not possible to be able to eat healthy. My kids won't like it. And I'm not cooking separate meals for everybody. So I can't eat like that right now. And it's just, it's a whole host of excuses, you guys. You can care for yourself. You can make sure that you're healthy. You can make sure that you're eating good, wholesome food, that you're sleeping every night, you're getting to bed, your kiddos are getting to bed and you're getting to bed at the same time every single night and that you're getting good sleep. You're allowed to care for those basic, basic survival needs. You can drink enough water. You can have a little bit of coffee. Like one of my closest friends owns a coffee company and I love her coffee. Like we have coffee delivered to us every single week. But it's not my crutch. It's not this thing that I have to have in order to function. And if you're leaning on anything in order to function, that is some kind of stimulant that doesn't really truly feed your soul, that's just masking other issues, that's when you know that you absolutely have a problem and you need to fix it, right? I just felt like you guys needed to know these six myths because I see it happening so often. And I would love to know which one of these six myths resonates with you the most. And I want you to come and tell me about it over my Facebook group. If you're not hanging out with me in my Facebook group yet, please do click on the link at the bottom of these show notes and come over and say hi. I go live in there. Actually, this weekend, I just went live in that group in my Facebook group, showing them all about how I switch out my capsule wardrobes and how I keep myself looking extra cute and feel super amazing in my clothes from season to season, from year to year, because I choose to use this system uh, that works for a lot, a lot of moms. And it's super simple. It can be overwhelming for some people, but I love being over there inside my Facebook group and showing them kind of just what life looks like. And I want you to be over there too. So make sure you come over there and hang out with me. And as always, this episode was super, super fun for me. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please screenshot it, 
and tag me in your stories. And also, if you haven't left me a review yet, go and do it. Even just a five stars if you don't have time for a written one means a whole heck of a lot to me. Hey, before you go, if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, then leave a review so more women can join our community too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of this very podcast, tag me, and post it in your stories. What do you say we make a mighty breadcrumb trail for all the other women around us so we can make a change to the culture of how we care for each other and ourselves? I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe.